Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here. But before we do any of that, though, let's talk about Moss's myth. Uh, finally had the chance to really get my notes together for this particular show. I'm excited about it. I want to talk about the two huge ways that Moss's myth takes the defense to another level. Now, I'm going to start with the pass rush because... Number, I mean, basically, that's what excites me the most. I'm excited about what Moss Smith brings to the table, specifically versus the pass as a pass rusher, quote-unquote, but more than anything, as a nose tackle. And I want to dive into all of it. But first, let me say hi. Welcome, everyone, into the show. We've got Toxic Tommy in the room. We've got Ines, uh, Jack, Mitesh, Gregory. Eric says, you're number one on drafted free agent that you will – that you think will make the team, says Eric. Uh, I think that my answer to that is Hunter Lipke, the, the fullback out of North Dakota State. I think that McCarthy wants a fullback on the team, and Earl Bostic is my runner-up to that because he got a lot of guaranteed money, offensive tackle uh, out of Kansas. Watch out for him. Those are my top two. Those are my top two. Uh, Toxic Tom, in the in the topic of Moss's myth, he says, so... Glad, so glad, excuse me, that Dallas finally invested into their interior defensive line. Just took decades of trash free agents and day three picks. Changed a word out of that comment. I will let you, I would let you uh, decide which one that is. Uh, but anyways, let's get into it, man. Master Smith helps the Cowboys a lot of ways. And in my opinion... There's been a very misinformed kind of trend about Moss's pass rush skills. I'm going to start there. I'm going to start with the fact that I don't think that Moss's mid sucks when rushing the passer. Some people have suggested that because he had half a sack for the entirety of the 2022 season. I will say that he is not the most refined interior defensive line pass rusher. That is fair to say. I think that when he generated pressure at Michigan, and it happened a lot, he actually was the second player with the most pressures on the entire team. Uh, Master Smith used power to generate that. He said after the draft that when he puts his hands on somebody, he usually goes backwards. The tape backs that up. Uh, he generates power. Maybe he's not the most explosive lineman out of the out of his stance. Maybe that's kind of like one area that would go into the weakness column, in my opinion. 
but he's he has a strength to shed off blockers. He has a strength to throw them, push them aside, and just push them backwards as well. Freakish athlete, as you might know already. But defensive line play, a lot of the time, is also about technique and alignment. And I think that Massa Smith kind of unlocks something new for the Cowboys. And think about the theory of pass pro. And I might get a little bit theoretical here, but I'm going to do it. I don't care. The theory of pass protection for the offense is get me as many two-on-ones as I can get. The theory of pass rush, the opposite is get me as many one-on-ones as I can get. That is essentially it. Because if I get one-on-ones, my good players, think about the Marcus Lawrence, think about Micah Parsons, they can beat a guard one-on-one. They can beat a tackle one-on-one. The problem comes when double teams get involved. Now, when we think about double teams, it's not like pre-snap, the offensive linemen get together and say, hey, you and me, we're getting Micah. It, it, it doesn't work that way. It's usually with half offensive line slides, et cetera, which means at the snap, the center takes a step to his right, the guard does too, and the tackle does too, and it's kind of like a zone blocking situation, and that generates natural double teams. Like the guard will help out the tackle. Uh, maybe the tackle knows that he can kick outside pretty drastically, knowing that he's got help on the inside from his buddy, the guard, Zach Martin, Think of, if we're thinking about the Cowboys, right? Now, having said that, Dan Quinn in 2022 was fantastic at generating one-on-one opportunities for Micah, one-on-one opportunities for Demarcus Lawrence, and he did a very good job of what coach Cody Alexander calls finding the donkey, right? And if the, if the guard is the weak spot of a opposing offensive lineman, that's the guy they're going to attack. And I got a rep for you that kind of shows that. Uh, so we're diving into a little bit of X's and O's here. This is kind of an overload situation. The Cowboys are basically putting six defenders at the line of scrimmage. Sometimes five will be enough. And they are overloading the left side of the offensive line, right side of the defensive line. As you can see, you've got uh, Lawrence in there. You had Sam Williams, I believe it's Sam Williams with his hand on third. You got a linebacker type, defensive back type over there too between them, kind of like forcing the Giants to respect that three-man surface that you have on the right side. But look at where Donovan Wilson is. Donovan Wilson is essentially lined up as a one technique on top of the center with a defensive lineman on the inside shoulder of the guard, of the tackle and then Micah Parsons as the wide rusher demanding the center to at least respect Donovan Wilson. He's a safety. He might drop back into coverage, but he is right on top of me. And if I don't block him, uh, talk, uh, thinking like the center right now, Wilson has a, a direct path towards Daniel Jones. I cannot allow that. So I got to respect that. So the Giants are going to slide towards Parsons and with Williams taking the, the attention of the tackle, Lawrence gets a one-on-one against the guard and this is the result. Let's look at it. Look at Lawrence. Look at the offensive line. Boom. They step on the opposite side. 
Lawrence get a one-on-one, -on -one, gets a one-on-one -on -one against the guard, and it's game over. It's not a sack because uh, Daniel Jones does get rid of the football. But you see what I mean. You see what I mean right now when I talk about creating those one-on-one -on -one situations. This is not a blitz, but it is a simulated pressure. So you could kind of say that, you know what? The Cowboys are dedicating a lot of resources to generating some pressure there. How do you get the attention of the center without doing that type of stuff? And my answer to that is you get a quality nose tackle and you line him up against the center. And then the center cannot slide, whether it's to the left side, whether it's to the right side. If I'm not allowing that center to slide, then the guard is not getting help and the tackle is not getting help and you're getting those one-on-one -on -one situations. But you need to get a dog at nose tackle in order for that to be consistent. So the way that I look at it is that the Cowboys are going to find ways with Masi on board to find more one-on-one -on -one opportunities for Micah or the Marcus Lawrence. But specifically, and this is ironic because we are going to look at another kind of example shortly. They're going to be able to do it with four defensive linemen, four men only. Uh, more on that when we get to the stat of the week. Uh, but before we do that, this is also from Cody Alexander uh, from matchquarters.com. I recommend checking that out. And that is actually the one that I already showed you. Oh, man, this is the Freeman Mouse stat of the week. I'm, I'm messing it up right now. But let me show you this. It's about isolating the guard. This is a, a maybe a complex diagram, but this is a way that you can use Massa Smith with a pressure package. Look at the nose tackle. He is to the center's right. He will cross face the center. And then that kind of like takes the attention out of the center. He, he eliminates the slide. It doesn't even have to be from a heads up position. And the tackle gets the guard. The edge rusher gets the tackle one-on-one. -on -one, and then you're also throwing a safety in there, which is the DI here in the diagram that you're seeing right now, in order to demand the attention of the running back. So the running back is also involved in pass pro. Doesn't matter. You're overloading the offense and you're taking away the center just by, I don't want to say just by the presence of a quality nose tackle because he does have to carry out the assignment properly but it makes it so much easier, so much easier. And to me, that's the biggest way that Amasa Smith is going to be able to take the Cowboys defense to a whole other level. Now, I'm going to adjust a little bit here the process of this show, and I'm going to dive into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week because it goes very well together. So without any further ado, here is... The Freeman Mazda ride of, uh, stat of the week. <music> Ladies and gentlemen, the Freeman Mazda stat of the week presented to you by Freeman Mazda is the following one. And it's a surprising stat from 2022. I'm not going to lie. I didn't expect it when I looked it up. The Cowboys pass defense, you know it, was very good last year. One of the best in the entire NFL. But if you look at pass defense EPA per play allowed, you're going to find that when the Cowboys, and this is the stat of the week, sent five or more rushers, in other, ones, in other words, when they blitzed, 
<clears throat> they finished as a 16th best pass defense in EPA per play. When they rushed with four men only, they were the second best pass defense in the league. You could interpret this a million different ways. Let me tell you how I interpret it. I interpreted it as saying that the Cowboys need those resources in the back end to be able to defend the pass as best as possible. Now, the Cowboys generate pressure by blitzing and by not blitzing. The pressure was there. But these numbers tell us that when the Cowboys had more people in coverage, the difference was pretty drastic versus when they had to dedicate some of those resources to blitzing the QB. Now, there are other factors involved, of course, but I think this matters a lot because by getting Masi on top of the center and taking him away from those light protection situations, the Cowboys are going to be better armed to get to the quarterback more often without having to do simulated pressures and without having to blitz the quarterback. And in consequence of that, they will get more people in the back end helping out in coverage. That is the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. It obviously goes very well in hand with what we were talking about earlier on the show. I think this is the best thing about having drafted the nose tackle in the first round of the NFL draft. But my question from me to you is, from 1 to 10, you know, we're almost a month removed from the NFL draft. Not quite so, but almost. It's May 17th. From 1 to 10, how excited are you about the Masses Smith draft pick? Let me know in the chat. While you do that, let me talk to you about our friends over at Freeman Mazda. Net, because as always, they make this show possible. And you can check out their car dealership in Irving, Texas, or browse through their wide range of new and used vehicles over at FreemanMazda.net. In there, you can see the pictures of every car outside and inside of the vehicle. You can see the features that every car includes. And around this time, as we always do, it is time for us to discuss the Freeman Mazda Ride of the week, making possible the stat of the week. In this case, it is a 2023 Mazda CX-5 2.5S Select All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at 29 grand, $910. It's got all-wheel drive. It's got a blind spot monitor, rain-sensing wipers, Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 when you are That goes up to 30 when you are on the highway. So thank you to Freeman Mazda for bringing us the stat of the week. Let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. I went on a rant. I know. I went on quite the rant just now. Let's see here. Eight for Katharina. Ten plus for uh, Gregory. Mark Andrews is seven. He will improve our defense. Ines goes with the eight. Danny Savage is breezy, had, uh, has higher upside. Masi is Masi and probably was a better fit in Dallas. And he's answered, by the way, is five. He also says, can we not put this kid in Canton just yet? Did somebody do that? I did it. I didn't. 
Toxic Tom says, Tan, I was in preschool the last time we took a defensive tackle in the first round. I wasn't even born then. I wasn't even born. I am going to go with a nine. I am going to go with a nine. Uh, would go 10. Would go 10, but I'm going with the nine. Just because, I mean, who knows? It, it might take some time. Uh, maybe it takes uh, longer than we anticipate. Like, I don't think that it's this surefire draft pick that I have no questions about. So I'm not going to go with the 10 just because of that. However, man, I'm excited about the prospect of having a no stack of that caliber on the defense. It's not exciting for casual fans, I think. It's not exciting to, oh, we picked a no stackle. Not going to be able to watch him light up the stat sheet or anything like that. But man, does he make an impact that will be felt more than anyone else by the stars of your defense, Micah, the Marcus Lawrence. That's good. That, that has to be very good, man. That has to be very good. Oh man, did I forget? I forgot to plug my <laughs> I forgot to plug my uh computer to the power. So now I gotta improvise and I gotta show you the screen as I walk around the studio like a total absolute noob. So I apologize for that, but we can we can improvise here. We've done this before. Uh, I, I shouldn't be proud about saying that, of course. Let me improvise here really quickly. Oh man, let me play some music or something. That's not music. All right. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm blasting your ears now. All right. Sorry for this improvising totally. I don't want to. I don't want the computer to just stop working out of nowhere. I think it's better if I shut up for five seconds though. man forget about the headphones they're gone forget about the headphones they're absolutely done all right i suck man this show absolutely sucks somebody said just earlier man somebody said earlier oh you did a you, you do a great job let me find that a comment it's not true it's not true <laughs> damn it man james writes his little brother you do one heck of a job man you spoke too soon james Thank you. I appreciate you, sir. <laughs> that was amateur hour over here on ADC Sports Dallas primetime. I'm glad that I got my whole rant about Masa Smith in before that happened, though, because I was in the zone when talking about Masa. <laughs> Thank you to everyone. Thank you to everyone. I'm glad we can laugh about it. Joe Mesa says, Mauricio, will Masi be better than Hankins? I think so. I think so. I think that he's stronger. I think that he's more athletic. And I think... I'm more excited about watching Masi come up with a, as he called it, and he called it this when talking to the media, a pass rush plan. And he said, you know what, at Michigan, I didn't have a pass rush plan. But I do, I, I can get that here with Dan Quinn. I can get that with, uh, you know, the, the defensive line coaches. And I think he has, he has more upside in that sense too. Now, the Cowboys, when Hankins was on the field, and I also looked at these numbers, but I... I don't know if we can make too much out of those, but they they blitzed like at a 
15% higher rate when Jonathan Hankins was on the field versus when he was not on the field. So I wonder if that tells us something about his own production as a pass rusher. He can occupy space. He can do what the what the nose tackles do. But I think that he has better upside than, than Hankins, for sure. <laughs> Thank you to Galtino and, uh, and Katharina and Joey Bella and Inez for laughing. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding when I start hating on myself. <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, but yeah, that was the stat of the week. I really wish I could get my headphones back. No, no. We're, we're going we're gonna to keep doing this the way that we were doing it. Uh, so yeah, that was the stat of the week. Also, that's good that, that we had put out the, the stat of the week already. Because man, Freeman Mazda, Freeman Mazda is a great, great partner. But I wouldn't want, I wouldn't have wanted to ruin their segment, man. <laughs> Get it together, Kellen Mose, this is Toxic Tom. Yeah, all right, all right, we can move on. Uh, that that is in the passing game. If we also look at the at the running game and what the impact is from Mouse Smith in the running game, it can get more complex. And, you know, people have been talking about the Cowboys' ability to maybe play one gap and a half and two gap and a half and versus one gap. And some people might be wondering, what the heck does that even mean? Oh, man, the music is still going. See, that's the thing about not having headphones. That's the thing about not having headphones. Uh, <laughs> in short, in summary... Playing one gap means, you know, the ball is snapped. I've got this gap to take care of. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to get there as soon as possible. I'm not going to care about anything else. I'm not reacting to the ball carrier. I'm attacking basically the guy, the offensive lineman. Sure, it's a gap, but I, I'm attacking the guard through his outside shoulder. I'm attacking the tackle. I'm attacking this and that. And uh, two gaps systems, two gap systems really changed that up. Uh, I mean, in, in the past, it was two-gap first, then came the one-gap. Jimmy Johnson, by the way, with the 4-3 defense, he, you know, Tom Landry had the 4-3 defense, and then Jimmy Johnson came and said, what if we play the 4-3, but we do it one-gap only? And that was awesome when he was in college, took it to the NFL, was obviously successful with it, with the Dallas Cowboys, etc. So that's like that philosophical approach. A two-gap defender will make contact with his blocker, and then he will react. Oh, is he going this way? Is he going that way? So you can see taking care of two gaps is way more difficult than just taking care of one gap. With somebody like Masi, I think you can do two gap first and foremost. And, you know, I don't want to compare Masi Smith with Vince Wilkfork because Vince Wilkfork might be the best nose tackle of all time or one of the best nose tackles of all time. But the Patriots were able to do this thing where they kind of mixed it up. And on one side of the defense, they played two-gap defense. On the other side of the defense, they played one-gap. And that was kind of like the peak of Bill Belichick's hybrid defenses when they could do that in the trenches and on the front end of their defense. I think that the Cowboys could do that with Masi. I think that they could say, you know what? Take care of the, of the center. Do the two-gap thing. And we're going to play to one side, two gap, to the other side, one gap, and maybe get creative. Dan Quinn has been amazing at being creative with the way that he attacks offenses. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think that they're going to do that. And then you could also talk about one gap and a half that's being widely popularized by Big Fangio, by Brandon Staley, which is, 
I mean, we could get more into detail of it. I'm not an expert in one gap and a half, but basically you get one gap, but if the ball is going the other way, you disengage from that blocker, you play the other gap, right? The opposite gap. So it's kind of like a way, advanced coachy way to get down to the essence of it, which is Masa's mate is going to help the Cowboys push that football outside and that ball carrier outside where Leighton Van Der Esch, Mon Clark, the safeties, the cornerbacks can have an easier job of making the tackle on the outside, right? People are talking about Bob Lilly as well in the chat. Nah, Bob Lilly was not an offensive lineman. Bob Lilly was, was, uh, was a defensive lineman. I'm seeing some confusion here in the chat. Nah, Mr. Cowboy. Mr. Cowboy played defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Jones says Bob Lilly was a defensive tackle. Called him Mr. Cowboy. And then Bob Lilly said, uh-uh. Years later, he said, nope. You're the real Mr. Cowboy. Who did he say that to? Let me know in the chat, man. Let me know in the chat. It's an easy one. Come on, it's an easy one. Random trivia question for y'all. Randy White wasn't even a Cowboys season, Renfro. People are talking about Randy White, too. Randy White. Man, Randy White was good. Nothing wrong with being human and humble, says James Wright. Oh, yeah, man. It's all fun. It's all fun. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. <laughs> we went through some... <laughs> we went through some uh, stuff earlier today. Yes, see, uh, come on, man. Too easy. Manster. Manster says Toxic Tom. Mark Andrew also saying Manster. Number 74 says John Jones. So Bob Lilly told Jason Witten that he was the real Mr. Cowboy because Jason Witten won countless Bob Lilly awards with the Cowboys. Uh, I think it's an insane number, but uh, I don't remember it. I just remember that one day. Bob Lilly told Jason Witten, no, man, you're the real Mr. Cowboy. And I like that story. That was kind of like a passing of the torch moment. But anyways, just to kind of like take it back a little bit, Masa Smith might not be the guy that will generate the pass rush himself, but he's going to free up the Cowboy stars to do that. And he's going to help out immensely in run defense. And he's going to help Leighton Van Der look better and his teammates because they're going to be more worried about supporting the run fit, not necessarily taking care of their gap, just meeting the runner outside with Moss's mid eliminating gaps. I like that terminology. I like when coaches say you need to eliminate gaps. So forget about the A gap, forget about the B gap. Moss's mid can generate that kind of uh, chaos in the trenches because he's insanely strong. He's insanely strong. Ed to Tall Jones is Ty. Man, I love that people are already are already uh just tossing random names in the chat for, for defensive standouts. Uh Jason Maryland, obviously the last defensive tackle drafted. We, you guys have heard that by now now. Too tall 72 says John Jones too. <laughs> there you go. Hopefully Massey, hey, hopefully Massey joins that elite group of players that you guys are bringing up. That would be the idea, right? That would be the idea. Uh, David Irving. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
all kidding aside, though, I know it, it was a different type of tackle, but David Irving could have been so good, man. Like, so, so good. All the field issues, though, were always a problem there. Always a problem. Leon led. Yeah, people are having fun now, just tossing out names in the chat. And I feel you. I feel you. That is one of sports fans' favorite activities. But yeah, uh, I think that's more or less what I wanted to get into tonight here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Those were some fast-flying 30 minutes, by the way. But it will be it for me tonight, believe it or not. Uh, sorry for the late start to the show. Had a very, very hectic day behind the scenes, but it's all good, of course. Uh, of course, getting to talk Cowboys football with you guys is amazing, and it kind of like, you know, it is the highlight of the day, especially when we can dive into the the X's and O's type stuff. I want to do more of that. I want to do more of that this year. Uh, I've opened up about this before. I'm not like, you know, very, very good at, you know, loading up those videos and making drawings around them. So I keep it simple. And that's maybe why I don't do as many X's and O's segments as I would want to. But hopefully this offseason, we, we continue to have some of those. Uh, do me a favor, though. If you like what you saw today, if you enjoyed the show, if you laughed, out of me while I was freaking out about not having plugged in the computer. Do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream because every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So do me a favor and help me out with that. It takes one second to hit the thumbs up. There's about 70 people watching between Facebook and YouTube, and we can get that number of likes up. It's at 21 right now. It could definitely increase. Uh, before I leave you though, Bruce says. One quick question. Birria, barbacoa, chorizo, or lengua? Talking about Mexican foods there. I'm from Chihuahua. I'm from the north. So I got to go with barbacoa. Or as I call it here, barbacha. Barbacoa, barbacha. Give me it. All of it. Perfect breakfast. Perfect lunch. Perfect whatever you want it to be. Barbachoa, barbacha forever, excuse me. Uh, do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream, prime time, brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.